This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 483 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, and the United States Dressage Federation. Tonight, for the USDF Podcast September edition, we're going to talk to Victoria Trout about national education initiatives and Cindy Wiley about group member organizations. And for this month's edition of our book club, Christoph Hess introduces us to his book, Ride Better. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. Oh, hi, everybody. How are we doing? <laughs> Great. Except it's <laughs> been very hot. We don't hear how beautiful it is in Canada. It has been, it's still very hot in the South. <laughs> in Kentucky, <laughs> It's very hot, so we're not going to lie. I'm 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 not ready for winter, but I am ready for a sweater or even a long sleeve shirt. A, a little bit of a cool, a cool breeze <laughs> would be nice. Yeah, that would be great. The horses have been uh, they've been really good sports, but I just think we're all hot <laughs> and ready to. <laughs> well, wow. I mean, we're only days away from the World Equestrian Games. Uh, I know. Here on Thursday, we're flying. Meredith and I are flying out on Tuesday. Yeah, I know. And I'm driving down. It's about a five-hour drive for me. I'm really excited. I get to hang out with Phil and Mare. It's going to be so fun. We're going to have five days of hanging out. And And Glenn and Jennifer. And yeah, it's going to be really, really a fun time. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, we have a little bit of news coming from the uh, American team. I guess uh, Stefan Peters' Rosamunda is out and his other horse, Supin Casper, is in. Yep, that's it. Just literally, we when we before we got on air, we did that. So yeah, that's the that's the brand new news, I guess. Yeah, I love it. And all the horses of uh, transporting, right? I mean, there's the largest airlift in equine history just happened. I think almost all the horses are the final yeah, stages. I've been happening. following that bit of that over the over the past couple of days with the yeah. with the planes coming in, and oh my goodness, it's a huge. It's been a huge undertaking it's a for big them. undertaking. Yeah. yeah. Getting them in, they're going to Greenville, Spartanburg, which is, I think, about 60 miles from the venue. So, I mean, they're really, yeah, it's amazing. It's 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 going to be really something special, something fun. Um, and I think we can't wait. We're, we'll be recording uh, every evening uh, that dressage is happening, uh, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, we will... Uh, right, Phil, next week we're not having a show, so we're not going to have a show. The next for- two weeks we're actually uh, not having our regularly scheduled programming because we're going to be there, and Glenn is going to be very busy, and Jen is going to be very busy yeah, um, it's recording just, it, it's over the two fun. weeks of yeah mm-hmm. of, of the WAG, all of the sports and, and, uh, and the highlights and all of that. So we're not going to be back with you until... Uh, much later in September. Yep, much um, later in September. That's right. And and we'll go over with the Walter Settle book. We haven't forgotten. Yeah, we'll give you a little extra time with the Walter yep. Settle book. That's, <laughs> that's right, a little extra time. A little bit of heavy lifting as far as dressage reading goes. And uh, and then, we're yeah, we're, we're going to do that later in the month rather than where we normally would be uh, reviewing 
that book next week. So, um, yeah, it just puts a little bump in our regular schedule, but uh, we're, we're going to be ready. We're going to re- be ready to see the world-class dressage going on. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so, I just think it's just <laughs> going to be a great adventure. So we'll, we will let you know how it is. Uh, and if you have any questions, you know, you can, or, or like what's going on, we'll try to get on the Facebook page a couple times and give some updates on what's going on on the dressage we'll radio. See if we can do a listener meetup as well. Yep. I mean, those are always a bit tricky when we're there and at the venue and stuff is going on, but uh, we will do our best. Um, yeah, to make that happen. Absolutely. That happen. Uh, and, yep. and bring lots of interviews and lots of, behind the scenes stuff we're hoping to be able to catch some of that for you and uh yeah I think about I mean, we don't know what's gonna happen we yeah we're, we're, we're a little right? yeah we don't know i think a little bit there's a lot of questions on what's gonna happen so uh we're having a horse radio network house so that'll be a lot of fun for all of us to get together and, and get to spend some time together so it's gonna be a great week so we're looking forward to it so we will after the show, be back with in a couple weeks, but you can get a hold of us and, and hear what we're up to. But we have a great show today. We're yeah. going to start off. Uh, this is our USDF episode for the month of September. Um, and we're going to start off with Cindy Wiley. She's going to talk about uh, group member organizations. Well, tonight we are very happy to have Cindy Wiley. She is the chairperson of the USDF GMO Committee. She's a USDF certified instructor through fourth level and a large R judge. Cindy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're we're very excited, and and you, God love you, are the are the GMO coordinator, you know, uh, chairwoman of that <laughs> committee, and that that's a tough one. And and we get a lot of questions from our listeners of. Tell us what are GMOs like. So we're just going to let you get started. Tell us what GMOs are, uh, etc. What do you do for the committee? That kind of stuff. Okay. Well, um, GMOs are the group member organizations that there's approximately 130 of them across the country in the various regions. We have nine USDF regions. Uh, they vary anywhere in size, from our smallest being around 25 members to our largest right now being in California, which has over 3,000 members. GMOs are vital to the USDF. The USDF has fairly broad, large goals, and the GMOs really are the link at the ground level as they can reach out on a more local level to the various individuals. GM members are the members who join each of the GMOs, um, and and that's really where our growth is. That that's the head count, That that's where our numbers come from. So uh, just tell me, what are the responsibilities of these uh, member organizations? You know, what do they do for people? Uh, how are they involved um, in dressage? They promote education. They promote competition. Uh, they provide a, a social network for members to get together and get to know each other a little bit. Great. And, so, and, so, yeah. Sorry, ahead, I was just gonna just like how how did how how did are they started? How, you know who who gets to be a is there an official GMO? Is I mean, what's the process there about the organization of these things? For the individual GMOs themselves, I'll take yes. somebody with a little bit of passion. Maybe a lot of passion. I don't know. Exactly. They they see a need and they want to get together with other people. Um, who are also enthusiastic about the sport. You know, sometimes it revolves around a show where a group of people has been organizing a show and somehow they become a unit. And then 
ultimately, hopefully, that the group member organization becomes interested in becoming part of the USDF umbrella and they sign on with us. That's great. And and how many members do you need to sign on with USDF? Like, how do how does that work? That happened here in Kentucky um, re- very recently. A new organization yep. started called the Louisville Dressage Society. We have now three uh, GMOs in my area, and and that organization they just got started. So, how did that happen? Um, you know, how does that work? How do you start one? I guess. Um, basically, you take you get together with twenty five members. And you contact the office. Melissa Schulbaker is our GMO liaison at the office. and She can take you through the various steps. We also have a GMO guide online that has all the resources you could ever want to start a GMO, including how to start your bylaws, how to plan your taxes, and all that sort of thing. So what happens, you know, so, you know, I'm a member now of, of all three of these and I'm, you know, mm-hmm. also a USDF member, but what do you get? Because there's some benefits uh, to joining the GMO, right, that kind of filter through USDF? Exactly. The participating membership has more to do with, with competition and that sort of thing. GMO memberships, we, we're providing a lot of support right now in terms of educational programs and grants that help GMO provide education to their memberships. Now, as a GM or what they call a group member, meaning you belong to a group member organization of the USDF, you get things like you can participate in recognized shows, you can get your medals, you know, the the medal program, um, some of the rider awards. You can also be eligible for various educational programs like the L program, any of those things. Higher up, what USDF is now doing is we have things like a pre-packaged educational program for GMOs that anybody can put on. You don't have to be an instructor or a trainer or really anything. uh, The USDF provides you all the paperwork and and supplies you need to give a, a one to two hour little classroom session on a variety of topics, um, I'm trying to remember what some of the topics are oh, right now. That is great. I had no idea that was going on. That's really cool. Yeah, well, um, there's one There's one that was bullfighting, I think. Um, there's a couple of them. Oh, so, so Cindy, for example, um, you know, I, I, I'm with the University of Kentucky. So let's say like the dressage team wanted to do use that. This is because this would be a personal question I had. How would how would they right. get that information? Like, how could they would somebody need to be a member or how does that how would that work if they wanted to get some well, some information? Basically, they would have to be a member of a GMO because the, the GMOs are the people that sign up for those programs. The person responsible in the GMO who wants to put the program on contacts Melissa. She gets you onto the website. Um, And like I said, there are four right now. Uh, There are goals to improve training, finding and creating opportunities, making success simple, and volunteer training. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. I had no idea that that those programs were were available. That's wonderful. So. So, because I got this other question this morning. Um, so, if you wanted to go to USDF show and you didn't, and you mm-hmm. were a member of a GMO, you are eligible. Mm-hmm. You can go. You just are not mm-hmm. eligible to qualify for regionals, right? That that's you, exactly. need, you need the next membership up. But you can go. You can get your medals, your certificates. Mm-hmm. 
if you go. Yep. That's a really right. cool benefit um, that I think people forget that that's out there, you know, they, which is good. Yep. It's good to be a participating member too, but there are some benefits. And um, do you also get the magazine or there are some other benefits to, to that membership? Yep, you get the magazine. You can sign up for eTrack, which is the online learning center for USDF. You get the USDF Connections magazine or access to the digital version. Uh, there's the USDF store. You can get onto the USDF score tracking system and, and track your scores. Oh, that's fantastic. Can, so there are a lot of benefits great, yeah. to, to being oh, yeah. a member. And you can get a lot of resources through your memberships, you sort of like get kill two birds with one stone. You can't kill all the all get all the the benefits, but no. there are some real real benefits right. to being. Um, and then you know we will talk to Victoria Trout today about the National Education Initiative, um, yep. which is also available for GMOs uh, as well, right? Exactly, exactly. That's um that that's a great program to help GMOs, especially those with limited resources put on an educational program that meets USDF criteria and get a small grant in, in helping put that program on so they can make it financially um, feasible. Oh, I think that's fantastic. So there's just a lot of benefits to GMOs that I think um, that's why we, that's why you're here, because I think people overlook <laughs> them. Um, and along with just general being in the community and, and being part of your mm -hmm. local organization, um, I think it's, right. it's fantastic. So, Cindy, if, if some of our listeners had extra questions on um, on GMOs or getting involved or some of these other programs, how, how would they get some more information or, or get someone to contact? Uh, you could contact Melissa at the office, and, and she's wonderful. Melissa's the liaison for the GMO committee. We also have nine or ten committee members in the nine different regions, as well as myself, and all our names, emails, and phone numbers are listed on the GMO committee webpage on, of the USDF. Fantastic. Well, Cindy, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight, and I hope we answered some questions that are out there for our listeners. Super. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to come back with Victoria Trout. She is the Senior Education Coordinator at USDF. The sun is just peeking above the tree line as you walk into the barn. You grab your horse's halter off the hook and head out to the field. The dew shimmers in the sun as you walk across the damp grass. You call his name and his head comes up as he walks toward you looking for the apple in your pocket. You take your time grooming, enjoying the peace and quiet in the empty barn. A refreshing breeze greets you as you start down the tree-lined path. Your horse ambles along on a loose rein as you both enjoy a relaxing ride. The feeling you get on an early morning hack is why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Microphase. Fill the nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Microphase vitamin and mineral supplement is a low-calorie way to provide your horse with the vitamins and minerals missing from their diet. The horse that matters to you matters to us. 
tonight. I'm very happy to have Victoria Trout. She is the Senior Education Coordinator at USDF for our USDF show this month. Welcome to the show, Vicki. Hi, guys. Happy to be here. Well, we are so happy to, to have you, and I got to have a little secret. Vicki actually uh, was my first working student at Maple Crest Farm. We don't even talk about how many years ago it was. A long time ago. It was ago. a thousand. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. a thousand. It was a thousand. Thanks, <laughs> Phil. Thank you, Phil. And we remain friends, and uh, we actually did a really fun – she asked me to do a fun project with her on Tuesday. Vicki, what did we do together on Tuesday? Um, so on Tuesday, we got to actually do a little bit of filming for On the Levels, uh, which is a big project that um, USDF is putting together this year. Um, and it's a series. We do it every four years when the new tests come out. Um, but Reese was gracious to put some riders together and actually ride herself for the project for us. Yeah, it was so fun. We actually, um, so I have secretly seen the training and introductory level tests. I'm not telling anybody. There's no no leaking. But um, yeah, so Vicky's been going around the U.S. Uh, to multiple different locations. And uh, my assignment was training level and intro level. Um, so we had horses and we rode through the test. Uh, it was actually very, very hot that day. Uh, but we had a great time. It was really fun. And all the horses were super and, and really, we got through everything in, in one take, I think. So, um, but that's really something we wanted to preview and it's coming up. Uh, we'll keep uh, going on that once the USDF on our shows, uh, but that will be released when, Vicki, for people to view the, the new tests? I don't know that I have an exact date for you guys on that one. Um, October is going to be kind of our big date, um, so we're hoping sometime in the month of October. Great, and the, when do those tests, when they become, uh, I guess they start December 1st, right? December 1st, yep, of the um, upcoming year is when those new tests will take effect. Great. So we have a little bit of time, but that is something coming on the horizon, which is fun. The new test, there'll be a new on the levels that gives Phil and I lots of stuff to talk about uh, with the new test. So we're, we're looking forward to that. But Vicki, we actually have you on to, uh, for our USCF podcast, and we're going to talk about the National Education Initiative. Can you tell us what that is? So the National Education Initiative was um, really created just a few years ago. Um, it's still kind of in its infancy. Um, and we created that program to support new and affordable programs that we're engaging for our members. And how it really works is um, group member organizations, or what we call GMOs, um, can apply to host these programs. Um, and there's a few requirements for those. Um, but if they meet those requirements, they'll be um, approved to host those programs. And there's um, an opportunity for a grant as well through USDF uh, to help them to fund the program with the real goal of being lowering the cost for members for these educational events. Excellent. So tell us, like, what applies? Like, how would a GMO, if you were a member of GMO and say, oh, you know, we really want to apply for this, um, how, how does that work? Like, how do you know your program will become eligible for the program? So the first thing you have to do is you have to determine what event type you're looking at. Um, so there's a couple different event types that um, we've created um, or um, that, that most events will fall into. So we kind of have four categories. The first is going to be clinics and symposiums. 
Um, and the great thing about that is in the past, uh, riding clinics have not actually been accredited uh, by USDF. We always wanted it to be auditor-based. So this is the first time that we're really opening it up for riding clinics. So if you're really just bringing an instructor into um, with your primary focus being them working with riders, you can do that now. The second one is ride a test. So those are going to be judged by an L graduate with distinction or any USEF or FEI judge. And those are where you'll come in a lot of times, you'll ride your test once, maybe get a little feedback, ride it again. There are a bunch of different ways that those can be formatted. Uh, the third is adult camps. So our requirement for that is that there has to be some dressage to it. We want to make sure that they're getting some dressage lessons. But then a lot of times in the afternoon, they might add in some trail riding, some jumping. They might have some uh, unmounted lectures, things like that. So that one's a really open program that we have. And then the fourth is just regular unmounted events. So anything they have uh, that isn't going to basically have people on horses. So that those are kind of our big four categories that we have. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. So how do you find the grant and how do you find information about it, et cetera? Well, if you go to the USDF website, um, under education, one of our big tabs at the top, you'll find the National Education Initiative. It has its own page and lots of information there. Um, now, one of the things is, is that the GMO, your group member organization, does have to be the one to apply. But we really suggest that members go on, take a look at the different event types, and start petitioning their GMOs to host these events. You know, maybe a member has an idea for someone that they're thinking of bringing in, but they don't have the funds, and maybe they can work with their GMO to kind of fold it in under this program so other people can benefit too. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. That's so much fun, you know, and, and I've actually been a part of some of these programs, you know, once they get, when people get grants and it really helps organizers, um, you know, just with the funding and also helps keep the cost down for the members to go and do these types of events. Um, so I think it's a great idea. So how much, I mean, there's a significant funding, right, that you can apply for. Um, yep, we have uh, three different rounds of uh, applications, and actually uh, September 1 was the deadline, so that just passed um, for um, the fall. And um, each one of those, um, we have nine grants that are available, um, and some of that money can kind of roll forward a little bit um, if we... Uh, weren't able to give it all the way in the spring, we can do a big summer push and do a lot of programs then and things like that. But in general, it's about nine grants that are available. And uh, group member organizations as well as chapters can apply for these. So if you're a part of a smaller chapter, those grants are available for you as well. I love it. That's fantastic. That's a great way to, to get some money and uh, to figure that out. So, Vicki, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, how can our listeners get some more information or contact you at the office? Um, one of the best ways to get a hold of us um, is through email, education at usdf.org. Um, that'll come directly to me. Um, and I'm really happy to answer questions uh, that anyone has or provide them with more information. 
on those. And, you know, if you have an event that you're thinking of and you just want to, you know, write it down on paper, uh, send it to me and I can kind of work with groups to figure out how can we make this work or, or what can we do to make it fall under this program. Oh, that's fantastic. So, Vicki, I'm going to put you just slightly on the spot. Sorry about that. But what do you do um, as, you know, senior education coordinator? You've got a lot that you do, a lot on your plate, right? What do you do over there? So if people have questions about what does that mean? What do you do over there? What do I do? Um, that, is a, that is a crazy question for me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of different things. Um, I'm the liaison to the adult programs committee. Um, and they're actually the ones that uh, brought this national education initiative forward. Um, and they're also great to reach out to as someone in your region uh, because they're all really excited about education. Um, so I'm the liaison to that committee. Um, I'm also the liaison to the Historical Recognition Committee. And they're the ones that work on the Hall of Fame, Lifetime Achievement, uh, doing things um, of that nature um, and starting to preserve uh, the history of dressage. Um, so I'm the liaison to those committees, so I do a few projects for them. Uh, I also do a lot of video editing for USDF. So a lot of our videos that are available um, on YouTube or through university, we've actually made um, a couple of changes to university. So um, we've got a education library that's going to be searchable. We've got some online courses. A lot of that um, is stuff that I've had a big hand in putting forward. Fantastic. Yes, you wear many, many hats, but it's just fun to know many kind of what everybody does over there, you know, at the office. We all know that there's a lot of committees and a lot of people, but Vicki's one of the people that makes it work and, and does all kinds of things. So Vicki, thanks so much for coming on the show, and I can't wait to talk to you soon. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much. Well, we are getting some great feedback about our book club. I'm glad everyone's enjoying it. Phil and I are really enjoying it. And I'm not going to lie, all my students are getting the book after I get them. So uh, there's a lot of reading going on here. And it, <laughs> it's fantastic. We love it. So Dr we Dressage picked, University, yeah? It is, kind of. You know, everyone's getting into it. Uh, they're reading the book at lunch. Uh, the uh, Walter Zettel book is definitely getting some love here uh, in the chat room. Everyone, everyone has different pages earmarked. It's pretty cute. Um, so I love it. So we will come back and we will we will do the Christoph Hess book at the end of the month. But uh, big announcement, drum roll. Uh, we, ha we are, for the month of September, going to um, uh, have the book Ride Better with Christoph Hess. And I think you're going to really enjoy this interview. We really enjoyed doing it with him. He's just a lovely person. And I think you're going to enjoy this book. So enjoy the interview with Christoph Hess. And everybody, you can get the book at www.horseandriderbooks.com or Amazon carries it. Um, there's lots of ways to find find these books that we preview uh, online. So um, check them out, order them. I think the, um, this is a really, really one, good one that I was really looking forward to. It's, it's new this year. So. Well, today, it really is our honor to have Christoph Hess. He is the um, FBII judge for both eventing and dressage, was the head of education for 40 years, and he's going to tell us more about his career because I'm afraid I'll mess it up, but he is the author of Ride Better with Christoph Hess, and he, it is our book choice for this month. Christoph, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, I'm very happy sitting here in my home 
at Warendorf, which is uh, <clears throat> head of uh, the German equestrian sport and breeding. And we have this weekend the big, we say, Bundeschampionat, it's the German championships of young horses. And I'm very, very happy now uh, to have a conversation with you. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, so tell us, Christoph, you have such an amazing career and you have been in educating riders and still are and, and trainers and breeders for f over 40 years. Can you tell us a little bit about your role in the German Equestrian Federation? Yeah, I started there yeah, more than 40 years ago and I studied uh, um, education and I did then all the different um, exams to become a uh, very, very high-level um, trainer in Germany, and then I was competing for many, many, many years in national classes in Germany, and then when I started in the German Federation, I had a special favor for education and training, and I was uh, responsible for my very first day uh, for the education and training department. And therefore, I learned a lot about the problems which riders have on all different levels. We often talk about uh, riders who are now coming to try and uh, what kind of problems they have. And uh, in my position, um, I had a lot of um, riders who called me and said, Christoph, I have a problem with my horse. Or a trainer called me, oh, I have a problem um, with, uh, with some skills to how to school my, my students and so on. So therefore I had a lot of questions. And I love to get first to get questions from different um, points of view, and then I love to answer these questions. And um, yeah, my my idea is always to give a special answer, and then to explain the theory behind the answers. And this was what I did quite often. And the longer I did it, and I did it very special, maybe the last ten years, and I have published. Uh, all these, um, not all these questions I had, but some of these questions in three different books in the uh, in the German, yeah, we say FN Verlag, um, which is um, the publisher of the German Federation. And now this book, um, which I had published uh, nearly two years ago, one and a half year ago, is now published in the USA uh, under the title, yeah, Write Better with Christoph Hess. Christoph, I know anyone who has been able to see a clinic or with you or to talk with you um, has, I mean, it really comes across your enthusiasm for education and learning and teaching. You know, what sort of keeps you, what kept you going and keeps you going, um, you know, with fresh and, and with such enthusiasm? Yeah, <clears throat> to be honest, I, I, to be honest, I'm really blessed. I'm really, really blessed because I could do every day when I was working for the German Federation, what I loved to do. Before I finished my school in Germany, in Germany you have to go 13 years to school, and then we say you uh, tried to pass, and I was successful to pass the exam, and the German word is Abitur, and this is a license to go to university. And before I finished uh, my exam, I was working in a factory, and in this factory, I was clear in my mind that I never, ever, never, ever would work uh, just to earn money and uh, that I only want to do what I love to do. And then I started to, to uh, study education uh, at different three different universities in Germany, and I did all my um, uh, exams 
to become a trainer, which is quite difficult. Many, many years I did it. And uh, when I was on the way to finish my studies, uh, a very um, high, uh, it was, to be honest, it was the CEO of the German Federation. He asked me to come to the German Equestrian Federation. And then I said, okay, I need a little bit of time to think about it. And then I have to study for one and a half year more because I didn't finish my studies before. And then I had the opportunity to start in 1978, January 1st, in Germany, in the Federation. And um, yeah, it, I was blessed to do what I love to do. And when I finished um, to work for the German Federation in uh, uh, May 1st, uh, uh, 2016, I was in um, uh, Sydney and the General Secretary of the um, Australian Federation said, Christoph, uh, tomorrow we have a glass of champagne. I said, why? Oh, you are now a pensioner. I said, oh, I did forget it because I was uh, as a freelance working a little bit, helping the Australian Federation before Rio. I helped the uh, um, eventing uh, team in Britain and in Australia. Therefore, I was twice in Australia 2016 and twice in England to help the Australian team a little bit. And at the end, they did, were winning the bronze medal in the team. And I was helping a little bit uh, from the dressage trainers and judges point of view and yeah i am blessed that i'm able to do what i love to do and when i was yeah i had finished uh, my my duties for the german Equestrian federation i'm now working as a freelance uh, to train uh, to educate to be a clinician to give symposium uh, master classes uh, and things like this on in different countries and judging as well. Yes, I did judge very big classes this year as well. And I love to do it. And this is, yeah, it's spirit for me. It's like a medicine for me. Therefore, uh, I get the enthusiasm because I love humans, riders, and I love horses. And both together, it's for me, hmm. yeah, the best I can have in, on this world. And it's true. When, when you are able to watch a clinic with you, it, you feel that. You feel your enthusiasm for the horses, the riders, everyone does. Yeah. It's, it's really fun to yeah. watch you teach and, and to see. And so tell us, you know, what, what are our riders and, and trainers, uh, when they pick this book up, what are they, what's yeah. a preview for the book? What are they going to listen as they, as they read it? Yeah, when they read it, they will see about 40 different um, challenges which you have with your horses very very different things mainly dressage a little bit show jumping a little bit uh, across country as well and i think everybody can learn something because i um, get the different questions very very different questions uh, one horse is running away one horse is very lazy one horse is over the bit one horse is behind the bit just as an example one horse is crooked um, uh, one horse has nice gates, one horse has very bad gates, and always the question, what can I do? And um, um, yeah, my vision is to explain um, uh, uh, where the, 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 the problems are. And I would say 99% of the problems, 0.9, are coming from uh, problems on the grassroots basically problems. Therefore, in the German um, uh, uh, title of my book is um, uh, Besser Reiten um, uh, 
von der Basisausbildung zum feinen Reiten. Also starting, also better riding, starting from uh, the basic to very sensitive riding. That's a title in, in Germany. And um, uh, this is for me very important. When you want to ride in a harmonious, nice way, uh, which is for me the highest goal, which every rider should have, have in his mind, and I'm sure everybody wants to do it, then we have to have the small pieces uh, under control, how to ride a corner, how to ride half halts, how to ride transitions, how to make a horse straight, how to use the inside leg so that the horse is um, able uh, to be on a straight line on the track, and so on. And I explain these small pieces very much in detail because I'm 100% sure that this is the main point um, how, um, how to help horses and riders to come on a higher level, not to, to ride 20 times flying changes when the first flying change is not good. No, make the canter better, sit better, and when you have this under control, then it's more or less easy to ride a proper flying change. And this is a system which I tried uh, to, exp or to use in all the different chapters which I had in my book or which I have in my book. And um, yeah, and I hope that riders can learn when they ride like this, how to ride the horses. And for me, it's very important to explain, this is the second part, to explain the feeling which a rider has to have in the saddle. Uh, the riding is not just doing something with your leg and with your hands and with your body. No, it is to bring everything in a very smooth way into a good coordination so that you are able at the end of the day to ride with a 10.0 feeling and to get a feeling for the horse, to get a feeling for the movement, to get a feeling how to to ride the different exercises in dressage, to do uh, how to ride uh, show jumping courses between the fences and so on, but mainly how to ride the different exercises in dressage. This is what I like to explain, to give the rider a feeling for the feeling. That's the second part, which I try to explain in all the different chapters. Christoph, a, a question about um, translate because you wrote this book in German first. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. How I mean, how difficult because um, you give um, you give lessons in German and lessons in English. How difficult yes. is the translation to English? Uh, you know, because I've noticed um, there's a lot of a lot better vocabulary for dressage or for riding in general in German than there is in, in English. And yeah. sometimes some, some things get lost, I think, sometimes in the terminology. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, about the yeah. challenges and of, of that? I, yeah, I, that's, that's a very good question. Yes, that's it. And especially because I want to explain feeling, which is not easy to explain. Yeah. <laughs> Although, uh, it's so hard. When you have a, exactly. When you have a student in front of you, it's very difficult to explain the feeling. And therefore, I love... When I teach, uh, I love to to have a communication um, with the with 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 the rider to explain uh, or to, to start with the feeling the rider has, and then maybe to change the feeling a little bit to bring the rider, if necessary, out of the rider out of 
the rider out of his comfort zone uh, so that he gets maybe a little bit another feeling when I think another feeling is better uh, for this rider to ride better half passes or shoulder in or flying changes as an example. So, and this is not possible because I'm not communicating with my book um, and um, therefore it's, 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 it's very special and um, uh, uh, we did it in the way that uh, the publisher of the book in uh, America, Trafalgar, they had a, a person who was able to translate. And then I have a student, uh, Jutta Lee. Um, she is now working, I think, in the college uh, in Massachusetts. I'm not quite sure at the East, East Coast. And she is, a, I think, a very, very good Grand Prix rider. She is originally from Germany. But she is, meanwhile, American citizen, and um, uh, she had, ah, I would see, uh, at least a dozen of clinics with me, and I communicate a lot with her, and she did an, uh, an, a trainer's exam in, in Germany, and I was organizing this uh, uh, clinic for her, and I know her very well, and I said to her, please, Jutta, uh, read um, the, the, the book with my eyes. Because you know what I train, you know me very well, you know my philosophy, look into the book. And she did it together with another lady uh, uh, who is a native American-speaking uh, lady. And uh, she was at least 12 times in my clinics as a spectator. So therefore, she knows me as well. And these two ladies were reading the book very, very seriously before, before the book was published in the beginning of this year. And uh, therefore, I'm quite sure that um, the, the special words which I have and the special sentences and the special feeling which I want to bring into uh, my book in America is now in the book because these two ladies helped me to bring the proper, uh, the, to, to bring the translation into a, a really proper translation so that I'm happy with this. I was looking into it and we were discussing it from time to time and I was very very pleased the way the book is translated. Therefore, it's very, very close to the German version. Well, I can't, I, I am so excited to get my we're, copy yeah, of the book. We're ready to read it now. Ready, we're ready to, to read to it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just your, your enthusiasm is infectious and I can't wait to, to read it and to go from there. And um, as always, everyone, you can find the book on Amazon. Um, just search for Ride Better with Christoph Hess. And we really can't wait, Christoph, to get into this book and to, to see how your vision comes about. So thank you so much for your time today. And are, are you coming to the Wagon Try-On? Uh, no, I'm not coming to the Vegan Trine, but I will be back in October. I will have two clinics uh, in on the East Coast, and then I will be back in March. I will have a, a symposium a summit uh, in Ocala, Florida, with uh, Linda uh, Linda Pirelli, and uh, I'm sure I will have some clinics more in March. But I'm not coming to Vegan, and I cross my fingers that we have a wonderful World Casting Games and that we have many um, happy faces uh, from the organizer's point of view, from the official's point of view, and especially from the riders and spectators' point of view. Exactly. We can't wait. And Christoph, if someone wanted to find information about your clinics, how do they do that? Um, uh, yeah, I, um, I have um, one person who is organizing it. It is uh, uh, Steve Schubert. Steve Schubert is uh, living close to Boston, and he is a treasurer 
of USDF, United States Dressage Federation. He's a treasurer, and he is organizing my clinics in the USA. And uh, maybe you sent me um, uh, the address, and then I will uh, call him or send him um, a copy of your um, uh, address and so on, and then he will send you all information about my clinics, uh, which I have in October and I'm sure in March as well. Super. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Christoph. It's just been a pleasure, and we look forward to reading the book. Yes, and I hope you will have fun, and then uh, I would be very, very happy if you would give me a feedback how it works. Maybe you can, uh, or I hope you will find at least one uh, uh, exercise or one problem or one challenge which you have uh, with your own horses or with your students or so on. And I get a lot of feedback. Uh, and uh, many people said, okay, I just had the same problem with my horse, and now I tried it, and it worked. Thank you very yes. much indeed. <laughs> Thank you. We will, and, Bill, and I hope Bill you will say this that. as well. Yes. <laughs> Bill and I will Super. do that. We love it. Well, thank you so much for your time, Christoph. We really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you very much uh, for calling me, and all the best for you in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, <laughs> thank you. in uh, Canada, in uh, uh, Toronto and in, in Florida as well. All the best. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At TotalSaddleFit.com. Visit TotalSaddleFit.com. Well, Phil, I have to be honest, um, I was girthing up one of my youngsters the other day and I'm just, he was, he was a little bit girthy actually. And, and I switched him to one of the stretch tech shoulder relief girths that we have. And it is amazing how that girth really helps uh, with horses that are a little bit girthy or a little bit touchy about, um, about the girth. I, I've, I've been really amazed. Um, I like the, the fleece uh, cover, which literally gets washed right now every day because it's so sweaty but it's so easy you just pull it off and you wash it um but when I, i'm just really amazed on on how it really helps horses that are a little bit touchy or a little bit touching the girth area it really after a couple days uh really helps them have you had the same thing well i, I think because um you know the girth puts the pressure in in the right spots and with the elastic you know i've always liked a girth with uh elastic on it because um, it stretches with the horse. I mean, it just sort of makes sense that the horse's chest needs to expand and contract. And and if you put on uh, a girth a little too fast or a little too tight or 
you know, uh, other girths that you can find, uh, you know, a little bit pinching problems or they run up on the horse's elbows too much. You know, it's, it can be very uncomfortable. So I, I really love the design of the shoulder tech stretch tech girth because it has the added elastics and it just fits in the right place. And uh, the horses seem to appreciate the pressure being in the girth groove rather than, you know, around too far back or, or too far forward. So, uh, we really thank Justin from Total Saddle Fit for designing this girth and coming up with all sorts of great ideas for helping saddles fit better and helping horses be able to achieve their job easier. So true. Well, we have a great uh, Total Saddle Fit tip of the week from Cindy Wiley. I hope you enjoy it. Well, tonight I'm really excited that Cindy Wiley stayed on for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. Cindy is a USCF certified instructor through fourth level. She's a large art judge and an FEI rider. Uh, Cindy, thanks for staying on the show. Thank you again. It's great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so uh, what is your Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week? It sounds like a good one. I, I think one of the most important things that I always try to remember myself is to listen to your horse. You know, horses are herd animals. They're bred to get along with us. And those times where they're being a little bit contradictory, oftentimes it's either because they're in pain or they're confused or they're afraid. And it's time to take just a step back and be a little compassionate and say, what am I not helping you with? What am I not helping you understand? Yeah, I I think this is a great tip. And I think it's always good. We I think as trainers and riders of our own horses, you know, we go through this. I mean, this is like what keeps me up at night. It's like, why did that horse do that? What is he trying to communicate to me? Like, why did he do that? Or why is he swishing his tail? Or why did he feel that way? Um, So I think that that's such a a good thing to remember. Um, And, you know, it's always important, you know, that if they're, they're trying to communicate, they are communicating with us somehow. And I think that you're right. I think listening to the horses is really important. I think that's where having your team of, of vets, farriers, chiropractors, I mean, just an entire team mm-hmm, exactly. that sometimes you need to step back and say, okay, there, there's something here I'm missing here, or I need to take a new approach, or maybe my saddle isn't fitting. My chiropractor has told me three times that they're sore in the withers or whatever. I think that that just sort of the basic idea of step back and, 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 and keep it simple. You know, if they're, if they're hurting mm-hmm. or they're happy, I think that's the time that you have to, to think about it. Phil, what do you think? Well, I think, you know, it depends whether, you know, if you're working on, let's say you're, you've got a nice first level horse and you're working on first level and, you know, everything 99% of the time goes well. And, and then one day you pull the horse out and you, doesn't want a leg yield and normally that's a really easy a really good movement for the horse you've just you know you, you've read a book you saw a video you're going to try something uh, with this horse and just not happy about about doing your new idea i think that 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 you need to step back and take some evaluation and then the other situation where we run into a lot is okay i'm i want to move my horse up from first level to second level, and I'm going to now introduce all these new ideas that I have about second level, and, and I'm going to do Traver, and then, you know, I got all these great plans, all these great ideas, and you maybe haven't laid the, the fundamentals or the groundwork on the horse to be able to communicate correctly 
what you want what what all your new ideas are and i think there it takes um you should also be taking a step back but also get some get some help get some eyes on the ground get a, you know somebody who is going to help you to communicate with your your horse in the best way because part of the problem is is even if you've ridden second level third level fourth level before every horse is a little different and it really takes an experienced mm-hmm. trainer rider coach who's going to help to coach you and your horse through this new learning opportunity and so i you know i see that sometimes like well i you know i've been really trying to teach my horse traver and i've ridden traver before and i got 70 percent at second level but did you get did you do it on that horse did are you the one that trained your last horse you know there's lots of these different different questions that i try and ask people because you know reese does clinics i do clinics we see horses and riders (laughs) now and again yeah that uh that uh we know riders and, but but we may or may not you know 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 horses and every horse takes a little bit of a different approach in, in teaching them new things so um i think that's that's a really important to to um really think about you know how to approach new lessons with horses that that's a really 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 tough thing to do you have to have ridden a lot of horses and you know um gotten a lot of education before you're you're really good at it. So yeah. I think that's an important idea. Yeah. No, Cindy, I think that that's such a, such a good reminder for all of us is listen to the horse. They, they are, t- they're our partner in crime here and, you know, they have opinions too. And, you know, uh, it's important to, to know, you know, or, or figure out what their opinions are. So I love it. Great, great tip. <laughs> Thank you. Great tip. So Cindy, how can our listeners find you online if they are up in the Boston area? Uh, the easiest way to find me is always either Google my name, Cindy Wiley, and our webpage comes up, or you can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm also listed under the instructor program um, with USDS as well. Fantastic. Thanks, Cindy. Super. Thanks so much, Reese. Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs, and we will have our phones with us um, at the WEG, and we will be using them, and we'll be trying to post some behind-the-scenes things from WEG. Uh, so if you want to email us, uh, feel free. I'm Reese at horseradionetwork.com and Philip at horseradionetwork.com. Great way to get us or just shoot us a message on Facebook. Um, and the United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. As always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me is probably on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you soon. (laughs) 